It is Akira the Nine, and you are listening to This Week in Meaning Wave. Because it's This Week in Meaning Wave. That's what it is. How the heck are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Been a little bit under the, the weather, but, you know, it hasn't stopped me. Hasn't stopped me. Uh, shouts out to Scott Adams. He didn't periscope yesterday for, I believe, the first time in four years. Four years. He's got some intestinal issue. Uh, I have also had some sort of, um, I think it's intestinal issue. I've been trying to get to the root of it. And uh, I did a fast this week, which seems to have helped, actually. I, I fasted for 37 hours. Nothing passed my lips for 37 hours. Nothing but truths, you know, but nothing went in, you know. Maybe some air. There was some good air and some water. And I did have a couple of glasses of water with Sultan, which is disgusting, but... Um, <laughs> I guess you could get used to that. I guess you could. I just drank some water just now. How about that? Uh, yeah, I don't think... I, I can't remember. Have I fasted before? I don't know. I probably have. I can't remember doing it. I probably did. But I did anyway this week. And uh, at the time, it was tricky. But I woke up uh, after the 37 hours. I felt like a king. I felt so mighty. I felt so powerful. And uh, also, I looked very, very good. I mean, I look pretty good, you know, but I looked very, very good. It's, it's amazing. Like, seriously, 37 hours. That's not very long. I looked well different. It's crazy because um, I'm nearly at two years. I think it's going to be two years tomorrow. Yo, I need to check that. I think, I think it might be two years tomorrow. Two years that I've been on this carnivore diet wherein I just eat steak and drink water for the most part. Nearly two years on that. And uh, I don't have scurvy and I'm not dead. So that's pretty crazy. Um, the, 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 the thing I mentioned that was causing me some issue, I've not drunk coffee for a couple of days and that seems to have chilled me out. The only thing I was doing that wasn't like, you know, within the, that remit was I drink like an oat milk cappuccino every day and it hadn't really occurred to me that oat milk was like a plant. I don't plants. I mean, it makes sense. You know, there was uh, on the Joe, Joseph Campbell album, you know, he's talking about the roots of mythology and he's talking about, you know, some of the first, those first cave paintings and things we see. We see people like making worshipful offerings to animals because, uh, you know, we was eating them. They was our neighbors and we was chowing down on those guys, you know, so we had to like make some kind of arrangement with them, you know. And, uh, but that was in certain parts of the world. And in other parts of the world, like people were, were more plant type people, you know, and they was munching more on the plants. And so what they recognized was that from, from decay comes life. So they got into human sacrifice and stuff of that nature, you know, because that, that's the way they were trying to make, make peace with their neighbors. So I think that it therefore does make perfect sense that some people are going to be more descended from those meat people and some people are going to be more descended from those plant people. Because one thing I noticed early on in my sort of diet was like, I had kind of similar results to results that early day vegans give, you know, where, where it's like you have like an energy boost and you lose all this water retention and, and uh, bloating and like skin issues and things like that a lot of that goes the problem with like a lot of vegan people is like 
I don't know if they, they have difficulty getting enough protein or something, right? So they can get a bit sickly and, and, and weak and they, they have a tendency to rely a bit too much on products like soy. And, you know, we all know where that leads. It's a terrible thing, you know? It's a terrible blight on our nation. You know, you see it everywhere, you know? Like soy-based problems all over the place. You know, but obviously, you know, I don't have any of those because I just eat cows, man. Not even cows, sir. It's like the amount of, uh, of meat I eat is basically a cow a year, like a cow and a bit a year. You know, and I don't feel bad about that. That's cool. I think that's, that's, that, that's, feels to me like something that's sustainable. That feels way more sustainable than like all that mess that goes into all those, uh, those soy burgers and stuff, man. That's a lot of carnage goes into the creation of those situations. My goodness, man, they'd be massacring whole bug and mice, like, civilizations. You know what I mean? They'd be, like, straight up genociding these mice. What do these mice ever do? Why is it that it's like, oh, you've got to be nice to the cow, but fuck that mouse, you know? Why don't the mouse get that love? You know, what about the, what about the insects, you know? These, uh, these crazy weirdos that, uh, that want us all to live in cubicles and eat bugs. Why is it okay to eat the bug? Don't the bug have feelings? Is it just because he's small? Are you heightest? You know what I mean? They're always talking about this and that and the other privilege. What about tall privilege? What about these people who can just easily reach to the top of the shelf and just pull down that naughty magazine? You know what I mean? And just like show it to their, to their homie to cause a disturbance, you know? Not everybody can do that. These certain people, they can just, you know, they can really utilize those top cupboards, you know, the top cupboard in the bathroom. Like, you could fit a lot of stuff up there, but like, if you can't be reaching all the way up to that top cupboard without like a little stool or some kind of a thing, it's just gonna, you're not gonna be utilizing all that space as well. You know what I mean? I think tall privilege is an is a issue and we need to tackle that. I think we need to tackle it. I think we need some of our friends in Hollywood need to, you know, be brave and talk about that. Although I think tall privilege actually seems to inadvertently uh, benefit Hollywood types, doesn't it? Don't they? It certainly benefits basketball players. I think basketball players are very privileged in, in the privileged stack. You know what I mean? They, they're very tall. They can, uh, they can pull down the toilet paper in Ralph's real easy. You know what I mean? They can get to the rarities on aisle five, you know? No problem. I, is that fair? I don't think that's fair. I think we should kneecap them. You know what I mean? Just chop them up at the knees. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but shouts out to Kurt Vonnegut. I don't know if you ever heard one of my rare classics, Harrison Bergeron. Harrison Bergeron was a story uh, by Kurt Vonnegut. And it was a story about, like, a future in which everyone was finally equal. And they really went out of their way to make sure that no one had any advantage over anyone else, you know? So if you had a strong person, you'd hang bricks on them. You know, if someone was particularly beautiful, they'd have to wear a bag, you know? Because it's not fair for them to be running around with all that beauty. How dare they? Like, that's not right. What, me? I'm here. I, like, if I'm here and I'm not beautiful, I mean, I am beautiful, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm, I'm acting. I'm pretending to be a non-beautiful, bitter person, you know? I'm not beautiful. So, so we should chop off the faces of the beautiful. <laughs> yeah, what a crazy world. I don't even know why I was talking about that either, but I was. But you know, it's, it's been a beautiful week in the wave. How about that? We put out uh, an AMV. That's, that's an animated music video. And this was for a, a track from the Goggins album called Goggins, starring 
David Goggins, who's a, he's the monk archetype, you know? He's the kind of motherfucker who'll walk for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert with no food. And like, he'll just eat rocks, you know? He'll just straight up eat a rock and that will give him all the sustenance he needs to like run a thousand miles and like, uh, you know, bench press a couple tigers, shit like that. You know, you got a song with me called From Suffering, you know? It's about suffering. Suffering's, you know, suffering's unavoidable. It's what you do with it that counts, you know what I mean? There'll be suffering coming at you from all angles. What are you gonna do about it? You gonna cry about that suffering? Are you gonna you gonna go or are you gonna use that suffering as fuel? You know, as an opportunity to get greater. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with all that power inside of you? Hey, eh? what are you gonna do? Anyway, it was a dope AMV animated music video. It comprised scenes from like three or four different animes. And uh, people keep asking me what they are, and I don't know. Because <laughs> someone made it for me, and they sent it me, and then, and then I don't know what happened to them, you know? Sometimes that happens. Um, I recognize one of them. One of them was My Hero Academia, which is uh, it's a Japanese anime about Donald Trump as a superhero in a world, and it's this crazy world where, like, most people have got superpowers, but not everybody. So if you've got superpowers, you know what I mean? Like, it's a bit like, it's like superhero privilege is a thing. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people with superpowers, but a few people don't, don't got them. And uh, Donald Trump has got them, you know? And he's, he's, he's running around. They call him All Might. I don't know why they call him All Might, not Donald Trump. It's definitely Donald Trump. Anyway, there's a movie of that. And uh, we're going to go see it tonight. You know? Me and the family. Me and little, uh, little Hercules. Hercules. Jan Narkiewicz. And uh, my sweet, beautiful wife, Charlotte. Charlotte Narkiewicz. Yeah. We're gonna go see My Hero Academia, a movie in the movie house. That's fuck, That's like two movies in two weeks. That's the most movies I've seen in three years, something like that. I didn't see that many movies last year. We're going in, man. You know, we're trying to celebrate success. Trying to celebrate success a bit more. Trying to be in the moment a bit more and, you know, just like enjoy life. Not just be like grinding for this ever, you know, this future that never comes. Trying to not do that, you know what I mean? So part of that involves like, doing a little bit of, you know, going to see My Hero Academia in the movies with your son because like, shit, My Hero Academia, man. Take the wife and the kid, go see that shit. You know, enjoy life. Celebrate. Celebrate sometimes. Yes, we will. Because, uh, you know, we hit 50K thousand subs on YouTube a couple of weeks ago and we're going to have a celebratory stream for that. Like, as soon as I get off of this mic, I'm going to go fire up the other mic on the other side of the room. I converted my studio so like half of it is music recording and half of it is like a live live performance uh live streaming setup it's very difficult by the way when you see people streaming and you be like you think that shit's easy right it's not easy it's not easy i mean it depends what you're doing but like getting uh to be able to play music and perform music like to sing and dj and talk and uh, it sound good and there'd be video that matches the audio and all that all happening at once is actually very complicated. I have spent days and days trying to get it working this week and I just had a successful, uh, I, I successfully made something work, you know, just before this. Oh, it's a bit, isn't it wonderful when you do that? You know what I mean? You'd be trying and trying and trying and you just keep getting hit in the face with some failure. You know, just keep getting, you keep getting whooped with a big no. No, like every time and you fix a problem and it just creates another one or another one emerges and it just keeps happening, right? But you just keep your shit together, man. You don't get upset. You just like, I, right, you know, you just keep moving. 
And then when, when it comes together, it's such a pure feeling. It's a bit like that waking up after the fast feeling. You feel very pure. You feel very good. Like you're shining, you know, you're glowing. You feel golden. You know, you feel like a nice, a nice autumn field, like a meadow. You feel like a nice meadow or some daffodils. You know what I mean? You've got some daffodil vibes going on. It feels good. It doesn't, like, if you've spent a whole bunch of time, like, screaming and yadding around and kicking things, and believe me, I've spent a lot, of my, a lot of time in my life with that attitude. Like, when you finally win, you don't feel as, as, as good. You feel a bit stupid. So you're like, oh, man, you know. You feel a bit, a bit silly. All that shouting and kicking things. What did that do? It didn't do nothing. You know, what did it do? Nothing. You know, people freaking out all over the place. Or people freaking out that people aren't freaking out. That one's funny. I don't think anybody should be freaking out. That's pointless. You know, if you don't have control over a situation, like, you shouldn't think about it any longer than it takes to assess that you have no control over the situation. You know, you should only concern yourself with things over which you have control. And then do that, you know, do that to the fullest. You know, in the situation like when you might be concerned that like uh, there might be like a cooties outbreak, you know, and there might be a lot of cooties, you know, you just make sure you don't be kissing no weirdos, you know, and you keep your face clean and all that. Just in case there's a crazy cooties outbreak, make sure you got, you know, a little cooties kit in the crib. You know, you got like some, some jugs of water and stuff of that nature. You know, you got some card games and things in case all the cooties people go real crazy and like fuck up that electricity or whatever you know what i mean just make sure you got some like some jerky you know what i mean make sure you got some water and some salt you know you'll be cool you'll be cool man i always say this man like you know there could be a zombie uh apocalypse tomorrow you know what day is it is it friday it could be tomorrow and you know by monday we'd have figured out a new way of life you know what i mean We'd already be organizing into new hierarchies and groups and shit and people would be like, all right, that guy over there, you're not, you are no longer a guy who works at Foot Locker, mister. You are in fact the boss of everything because of whatever skills it is you seem to have. You know, we'd sort ourselves out and, and that'd be that. But humans, humans adapt so fast. It's mind blowing how quickly and how well humans adapt to situations. You know, and if humans see situations coming, you know, they figure out solutions. That's what they do. That's why they're here and have been around for quite a long time. You know what I mean? That's why the the the, the number one species on the whole planet. That's not bad. You know what I mean? It's a lot of motherfuckers on this planet. It's a lot of species, right? There's a lot of them. Like realistically, I could check out chuck a brick out the window and hit a dozen. And like, that's bearing in mind that, you know, we wiped out a whole bunch that was here prior to that. You know what I mean? We are very successful, you know? We've done very well with these thumbs, you know? And this extra sized brain, shit. So, you know, they ain't known yet. So like, yeah, hysteria is just like unnecessary. Very, in fact, it's worse than unnecessary. It's like, it causes problems, man. We don't need no problems. We don't need more problems. You know, we need people to solve problems. <laughs> yes, we do. You know, but I think we're going to be cool. I mean, you know, I mean, I always do because I'm an optimistic kind of a dude. You know what I mean? Now, sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, maybe you don't want to be too optimistic, but uh, I do, you know. I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right. Just like my boy Elon. You know what I mean? 
Yo, did I tell you, by the way, uh, Hercules lost a tooth? Should I tell you about that? I mean, he didn't lose it. I mean, it came out of his head. He was here with me in the studio. It was dope. He spent a couple of days here in the studio with me. Like, uh, you know. And uh, he was just sat up there at my podcasting station. My, my, sorry, my streaming DJ station. Uh, watching a YouTuber talking about ancient mysteries and extinct giant sea creatures because like he's excited by shit like that you know and he was just fucking he was working this wiggly tooth it was his first wiggly tooth you know he was working it working it he kept coming over going dada dada look look and there'd be like a little bit it'd be quite wiggly and there'd be a little bit of blood on like a tissue he was super excited and then it came out came out he was so gassed he was so happy and it was such a privilege to be there at that moment you know to be there at that moment really amazing I mean you know because I think it's like I guess I, I missed quite a few things because I'd be working so hard you know I spent a whole year in America like and they were still in Wales you know we, when we moved out of here the way we did it was like I came out here and, and like stayed on my homie's sofa you know and tried to get some DJ jobs you know what I mean and like make a life for us for them to come over to you know and they like they stayed in Wales like with my wife's mum you know what I mean like and that was like a year that was a year I was away from my son and he was tiny he was really little and I missed so many things but I didn't miss the tooth you know I was here and I was I saw that first tooth come out he ain't never getting that one back you know and there's another tooth coming and that's the last tooth he's gonna get in that area won't another one grow that's it that little boy that little boy that little guy he's gone he ain't never coming back there's a new guy now he's really cool he's really amazing this new guy he's so loving and joyful like he's so loving I came home from work early the other day like I came back from the studio early and you know I didn't say I was coming back early and I stepped through the door he's so excited he came running over my wife's like laughing she's like oh my god your, his dream just came true like he'd just been saying oh I wish dad I would come home you know like ain't nothing like that you know to be loved like that you know it's all I ever wanted I remember for so many years I was young and I just like wanted like to be loved you know I wanted a woman and I wanted a family you know like it's all I wanted. I mean, I also wanted, there's two, you know, there's two things. I remember I always used to say, a man has two holes in him, you know? And uh, one of those holes is, is filled by the love of, you know, his family, his wife and children or whatever. And like the other hole is filled by him fulfilling his, his potential with whatever gifts God gave him, you know? And if one of those ain't filled, like you're in trouble. And if two of those ain't filled, then, you know, then, then you're in real trouble. But, uh, Yo, I'm, I'm like the luckiest guy enough, you know, because I got both of them holes like jam fucking packed, man. Like, you know, if they were cupboards, they would be overstuffed. You know, you could have done a real good Tetris job of stacking them nicely and like the doors would still be busting open. You know what I mean? I got abundance in all those areas. It's really, really very, very, very beautiful. And I'm very grateful. Very, very grateful. You know? Gary V has this thing. 
which is a bit quite stoic. I think, what's he say? He's like, he like every day he wakes up and he thinks about his, his, his uh, wife and kids dying. You know, people are like, oh, you morbid Gary Vee. It's like, nah. You know, you got to really, really know what it is that you have and what it is you could lose. If you're really going to exist in this life and really appreciate it and, and you know, act in it in a, in a full manner, really take advantage of that gift, you know. You've got to know what it is you've got. The only way you know what you've got is if you know what you could lose, you know. I got it, man. I got it. I got it. I got those big gifts. I got those big, big gifts, you know. I got those like ultimate Christmases. And that's every day. Every day. I open my eyes. Man, it's crazy to think like nobody knows what I went through. Some people know some bits of it, but nobody knows the whole thing. And like someone left a comment on my YouTube the other day. I don't know who they were. It was like an anonymous type person. They said, if only people knew what you went through and now you're here you could have died so many times and here you are I was like that's some real shit anonymous person because that's true that's true you know I could have died more times than I can count more times than I remember or care to remember and I care to remember to a degree you know like I said I want to know I want to know what it is I've got and Yo, so many times, so many times, I was lying there in some messed up situation, thinking there was no way out. And all I wanted was this, what I've got now. Life's amazing, man. Life's a trip, you know? Life's a trip. Life's a goddamn trip. The Marcus Aurelius album is coming out on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's epic. It's really is epic as well, by the way. Holy cow. It's only 10 songs. I feel a bit mean. You know, my albums are normally like, I don't know, more songs than that, but this one's 10 songs, but like, they're action packed. You know, they're action packed. And, um, you know, I sang them all. You know, and that takes time singing like turning turning 2000 year old philosophical texts into pop songs you know that's that's a crazy thing to be doing that's an epic quest in itself but you know they came out great and um what's really cool is because you know they're fully vocal i can perform them i can sing them you know what i mean like the whole thing so i'm gonna sing a couple of them in this live stream you know i'm gonna do that now after i've spoken to you here and uh we're going to do that. Uh, you'll be able to hear that, you know, if you happen to be, you know, looking at your YouTube notifications. But uh, you'll also be able to hear it if you are a, a patron. You know, if you're any kind of a patron. You know, if you're on the Patreon or the Subscribestar. You'll be able to, excuse me, listen back to those, you know. And uh, I'm going to be doing those every week going to be doing them every week and you can listen back to those yeah on those patron channels shout out to uh the patrons thank you very much for supporting supporting this wave supporting the wave uh it's very nice you know 
It's very wonderful to be supported. Like this streaming setup, it was very, very difficult to do. But the streaming setup has ended up being like, uh, it's comprised of three old laptops. (laughs) One of them is my first uh, Mac laptop that I got in 2011. And uh, that's being used to do the actual streaming. And then another one, which is my old DJ laptop from 2013 that Hercules poured some booze on. and like it died then it came back to life mysteriously about a year later so weird it completely died and i took it to the doctor and he said yeah that's going to cost 900 dollars to fix because you've got to get a whole new circuit board and all this type of stuff because it's got booze all over it like why is the booze all over it and um it's like well shit you know you could almost buy a new one for that much anyway so i retired it you know then a year later I pulled it out. And for whatever reason, I thought, oh, I'd see, you know. And it was working fine. Like, it had fixed itself. It was a, mir- it was a miracle, you know. It was a miraculous event. It really was. It just fixed itself. And uh, now, it's there as part of my streaming setup. And what it's doing is it's taking the audio from the DJ mixer and the microphone and blending them together nicely. And it's putting a bit of extra EQ and compression on the vocal, which makes the vocal sound nicer, you know, because if you don't put some polishing on vocals, they sound dull and flat and rubbish. That's a fact, Jack, you know? And then my DJ laptop, which I DJ on all the time, you know, that's providing the music. And then I got a pedal that one of my patrons bought for me, which is very amazing. Thank you very much. And uh, that like adds like source to the vocal. You press buttons on it and it like adds harmonies and stuff and like uh, reverbs and delays and shit. You can just like, it's like a pedal thing. You can just hit it with your fist or your foot, you know? And that's really cool. Makes me excited about the future, you know? I mean, not that I'm not always excited about the future because it's very exciting. I mean, God's sake. The only way, I mean, all you got to do is look at the past and go, oh shit, like, you know. You know, when I was, when I was first going to pubs, um, in like 90, late 90s I remember I had my first pub job right when I was 16 in 96 and uh, I was a glass collector at the old vaults in Lower Banger and uh, I used to just you know collect the glasses and stuff but like everybody in that pub smoked facts in that pub you know they just smoked and smoked it was, you'd come out of there you know, and you'd, you'd be stinking of cigarettes. That was just what everyone smelled like. And that's what everybody did. And the idea that everybody wouldn't do that was unimaginable. No one could imagine it. And like a couple of years later, they started proposing that they banned smoking in pubs. Like everyone knew smoking wasn't, you know, could lead to problems or whatever, you know. I mean, you know, smoking got a lot of benefits too, man. You'd be sparking them synapses, you know what I mean? It gets that brain going, like, real focused and shit, you know? Um, but, yeah, it, it, uh, you know, it do have its problems, you know? It'd be making you cough and shit. it make it more difficult to run, you know? I definitely was running a lot, a lot easier once I quit smoking. I quit smoking, like, four years ago. Feels like longer, you know? But anyway, everybody smoked. And then a couple of years later you know they were saying well everyone still smoked a couple years later but they were like started saying we're going to stop you smoking 
Like, wasn't even oh shit no it was like a year later i remember now it was like a year later it was when i was in because then when i left home when i was just before i was 17 like uh i went when i went to the midlands and i was going to pubs there i shouldn't i wasn't supposed to be going to those pubs i used to uh you know that bum fluff you get when you're a young man a young boy and it's like it's not a proper beard yet it's a bit blonde i used to put mascara on that so it looked like a beard yeah, and I'd go to the pub. You know, we didn't have no money. We'd order rounds of water, and we'd go around sipping bits of other people's pints. So I can have a sip of your pint. You know what I mean? And you'd also go around. You'd be like, "Oh, can I borrow fifty p?" And you'd borrow enough fifty p's to be able to buy a pint. You know, and that would be four because pint was only two pound. You know, it's pretty cheap for a pint. You know, and like you know, if if you went uh, snobs on a Wednesday, you know, you could get a shot and a mixer for fifty p. You know, that was pretty good. And, uh, you know, you could get, you could get your money, you know, what was it? I had a, I had a bunch of jobs, you know, I worked in a couple of, a bunch of factories, uh, like a, a box factory and, and a sauce factory made sauce, you know, for, uh, for like roadside restaurants in the UK and everybody smoked, you know, everyone smoked, everyone in these factories smoked, they smoked in the factories while they were making the sauce, you know, everybody smoked everywhere in 97. And in late 97, I think somebody said, you know, how about everybody stop smoking? And everyone was like, fuck out of here. That ain't never going to happen. A year later, it had happened. A year later, suddenly, people were suddenly having to start smoking. It would, they, did, like, they did it a little slowly, you know? It was like, one point you could smoke in the whole pub, and then it was like, oh, you've got to smoke over that end of the pub. And then the next year, it was like, you've got to go outside. You know, you could, and that people, you know, people kind of do what they're told. You know, that's the weird thing. So people obeyed. I said, okay, I'll go, and they stood outside, and it was kind of cool because outside became the place to go if you wanted to like meet a girl or something. You know what I mean? Or, you know, get involved in some action. You know, that was, outside would be the cool place. I remember on the trains in the UK, uh, the smoking carriage. That was the cool place to be on a train. That's where it'd be fun. You'd you'd meet other fun people and you'd you'd hear fun stories, you know, from road travelers, from people with interesting tales. And it'd be all sorts of people that all come together. They'd be like the business guy, you know, they'd be like the the high powered executive lady, they'd be, you know, the the traveling fellow with the violin, you know what I mean? Like there'd be the the dodgy geezer, there'd be the Dell boy. All the, all, and everyone would come together and you'd be homies you'd all be friends for that hour or two you were on that train because you were in the smoking carriage together and you had you had something in common so you just sit there and chain smoke and that doesn't mean smoke chains it means just create a chain of cigarettes that doesn't end because you keep sticking them in your face and fraping them you know what I mean fraping them down to the ends when you, maybe you give someone twos that means that you give them like the sort of bottom two puffs and like if they are real desperate and you were feeling a bit stingy you give them names and that's just the bit at the bottom of the cigarette that's got the writing on it that's the name of the cigarette you know you give them some names all those things are gone my point is those things all disappeared in a couple of years the world was one way then it was another way it was just a couple of years. We went from a world in which everybody smoked in pubs and everybody smoked in everything. And now we live in a world where barely no one smokes. And people think you're weird if you do. 
Nobody does that now. Now I live in a world in California where where cannabis weed is a legal thing and you don't go to jail. People just smoke it on the street. But if you smoke in a cigarette, they think you're odd. <laughs> you know, the guys I work for, I DJ for these guys. They're some twins. They're going to make a movie about them one day. They're definitely some movie character dudes, you know. They opened the first weed cafe in LA. And you can go there and you can buy, you know, you can buy an omelette and you can buy a joint and you can smoke your joint and eat your omelette. That's the world we live in today. You can't smoke a cigarette though. Nah, that was the world we lived in 20-something years ago. My point being, we don't know what the world's going to look like. Anything could happen. Crazy, radical, lunatic things that we can't even imagine. We can imagine some things we can go, okay, I think, you know, driverless cars, that's going to get shoved through. If you want to drive, if you want to drive, drive, you'll have to go out, you know, go out to the desert and do donuts. I can see that. But I know there's some things that I can't see. You know, I haven't imagined them yet, but someone else has. There's a lot of people dreaming in this world. And we live in a world where dreams come true. But there's so many people dreaming. You know, whose dreams are going to become the realist? Whose dreams are going to invade your dreams? You know? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's you right now. Maybe it's your dream that's going to become my world in a year, two years, three years, four years, ten years, twenty, thirty, forty. We're going to be around for a while, you know. My grandma, she was 96 when she died on Christmas Day. She was 96. She was the oldest of 13. 13. She was born into a world where everybody smoked, where men worked down mines, you know? It didn't have any internet in it, and it didn't have any TV. It didn't have a lot of the things that we think are very, very normal. They didn't exist. It's gonna be a very, very different world when you're 96 and I'm 96. And it's gonna be the world that we dream. Well, it's gonna be the world that someone dreams. It's going to be someone's dream, you know? So I say, you know, dream, dream, a, dream a good dream, man. Dream is a good dream. Because <laughs> it might be the one that comes true. Anyway, I'm going to go do this uh, celebratory live stream, man. I'm going to go celebrate 50K subs on YouTube because she, two years ago, I changed my dream. I dreamed a new dream for me and my family, you know? I dreamed a dream in which I was going to be real, real productive, man. I was going to be hyper productive. I dreamed I was going to get into the zone and I was not going to leave. I dreamed that dream and I dreamed that it would give us things. I dreamed that it would give us the life that we wanted. It would, st it would help us to stop struggling because we were struggling. We didn't know where our next meal was coming from. We was looking down the back of the sofa for pennies and shit. For real, real, real. Yeah, we were. You know, and now we're not. Now we're going to go to the movies tonight and watch My Hero Academia, the movie, and not worry about it. You know? Hercules is going to get, like, 
two fucking concessions. Shit. And we ain't even going to think about that. You know what I mean? The world can change. Your whole world can flip around in a short time if you dream big and hard enough. Anyway. <laughs> Yo, uh, check out the Patreon, Akira the Dawn. That's real helpful. We're about to hit 100 on there. When we hit 100, I'm going to start streaming uh, the studio, like me making songs. Speaking of which, if you're on the Patreon, you can watch a video that I uploaded this week. This behind the scenes footage of me making the last song from the Marcus Aurelius album, which is called A River. The body and its parts are a river. The soul is a dream and mist. Life is warfare and a journey far from home. After fame is oblivion. Yeah, that's bad. And you can watch that, you know? And, uh, yeah, oh, you know, the usual <laughs> bunch of stuff. You know, we added stuff to the playlist. I dropped some fire tweets, you know, dropped some fire pictures on the Instagram. But um, next week going to be mad bountiful because, like, I'm batching all these mixes. So you can have next week, you can have a whole new album. You can have a new music video. You can have at least a mix. You can have a epic-ass fucking big live streams or rewatch you know we ain't even slightly in the vicinity of fucking around you know we really are not it's a beautiful day to be alive here at the peak of recording human history and there ain't no other place I would rather be than right here with you thank you for being here I'll speak to you very very soon Splash.